This is the Go Remote Podcast with your host, TJ Bowser, Chad Chrisman, and Big Johnny D. We have such sights to tell you. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Gormore Podcast. This is your host with the most, TJ Bowser, and joining me as always is... Your Dark Lord and Savior, Chad Crispin. What up, bitches? <laughs> TJ stroked out again. <laughs> and Big Johnny D. What's going on, Gormore? So today is July 1st, 2019, and Chad, how was your week? My week was fantastic. Just got back a couple of days ago from spending a week in beautiful Hilton Head, South Carolina. Had a nice family vacation, took the kids out to the beach a lot, did a uh, dolphin sighting tour, which was pretty cool, and came back burned to a crisp. Oh, uh, yep. <laughs> it seems that you have gained all your weight back and became pale rather quickly than the pictures that we've seen on the Internet. Shut the hell up. <laughs> I explained it. That was not me in that picture. That was a dude walking back with one of those sharks we found. Uh. Ass hat. <laughs> yeah wait so what was that you found like a half-eaten shark i found a half-eaten shark and then we found two baby sharks just down the beach from them like i don't know i have no nice. idea like it was it was from right the head was cut off and then like the tail section was cut off and it was like the middle part that was there so i don't know i don't know if somebody was sport fishing and just kept the head and the tail if something ate it i have no idea it was pretty disgusting. Should have picked it up and uh, taken a picture of you like trying to like take a big old bite out of it <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and I also want to add that my wife and I celebrated our fourth wedding anniversary on vacation. Excellent. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And this is interesting to note that tomorrow, July 2nd, will be the one-year anniversary of me losing my last job that I was at for 15 years. And it's actually really significant to us simply because if I was still working there, we wouldn't have Gormore. We would not have Gormore. I never would have been introduced <laughs> to TJ. We wouldn't have the Gormore podcast. So... Everyone, you can uh, you can thank my last job for letting me go for us having Gordon Moore now here for you all to listen to. <laughs> we are eighteen hundred strong, by the way, <laughs> and growing. And by the end of this week, it's going to be a lot more. Yes. So suck it, do back. Because we're announcing something on Wednesday to be released Friday that will have your head. Ah! So, <laughs> Big Johnny D, what did you do this week? How's it hanging? Oh, it's hanging. Uh, <laughs> well, honestly, I can't really compare. Pete with uh, Chad's, man, he had a way better week than I did. Mine was just more fucking like paddle of the metal, man. Uh, closings happening this week between the house. So pretty much that means my ass is fucking dude. Like I said, this is like the first moment today. I'm actually getting to sit down. So it's kind of nice to just be like, ah, take a fucking breather. Right on. Uh, just relax well, with my sweet voice, baby. Relax. Yeah, man, I can't wait till everything's done so we could just sit down and enjoy the fucking house. But no, man, it's uh, by the end of this week should be all set and done. Um, excellent. Other than that, just been really pumping at that. Got to play a little bit of Sea of Thieves the other day with the wife. Not too much. Uh, try out some of the new updates and bullshit. Other than that, man, just fucking working to the bone. But, uh, how's your week, bud? Thank you for asking. Pretty good. Uh, got a couple upgrades for the old, uh, do back discussion network, including a Zoom H4N handy recorder. Uh, 
pretty nice. We'll be able to do a live podcast from convention floors now. And our first one will be at Steel City featuring your Gore and Moore host, me. Jesus Christ. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> your chair just reclined on me. <laughs> Say what the hell happened over there? Chair's in a recliner and all of a sudden just reclined out of nowhere. <laughs> Fucking the legs shot up and... He's still in relaxed mode from vacation, man. Like the chair just fucking knew. They were like, nah, bro, I'll just fucking kick it back. And man. now he can't close the legs. <laughs> just remember, folks, this shit's all fucking happening. No edit. That's hilarious. So, uh, <laughs> only our podcast. Uh, got some Jason Goes to Hell props coming. Uh, we got two new sponsors. Uh, Kyle, uh, Curse, what is it? Curse's Custom Weathering. Uh, from Kyle Scholar and Horror Costume Studios, Marcio Charlie. Uh, awesome to have those guys aboard. I just got a new bookshelf coming to do a sweet new display. Uh, I have a lot of people helping me make this uh, come to life. It's going to be really, really cool. Chad got some sneak peeks of what's to come soon. And let's just say it's going to be like a collection you've never seen. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, another thing I want to add to it is that little crate from Creep Show. Oh yeah, yeah, I think that would be perfect. I, I bet you I can have Corey make me like a scale version of it. You know they actually make that as a figure now. Do they really? Yeah. Huh. Um, Neca, I think, has is putting it out. Okay. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of cool stuff to sh- keep uh, coming. Uh, we got a lot of cool guests coming on this month. We're gonna call this the. Slasher solstice for a reason, guys. Uh, just just trust us on that. We like to announce things two or three days beforehand. Keep you guys, you know, one and more. We can't just blow our load all at once. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, we could, but, you know, we want to save it up. Well, yeah. We, I want to come too quick and rip your dick off. Uh, <laughs> that's from an old uh, Eddie Murphy. Hey, boy. <laughs> Look about them jeans. <laughs> Gay Mr. T. <laughs> uh, That's great. Classic, classic. <laughs> well, speaking of sponsors, uh, we got some sponsors that you guys can hear a message from. So here they are. The Gore and More podcast is brought to you in part by... The iconic 80s slasher villain Jason Voorhees lives on in photography brought to you by 13 Gallows Lane. It's the home of Friday the 13th Blood and Gore cosplay photography. You can find them on Facebook at Gallows Goes to Hell, Instagram and Twitter at 13 Gallows Lane, and on Patreon at Emily Helene. Warning, Patreon content is not safe for work. Hey there, groovy guys and gals. Do you like spooky shit in horror movies? Then come on down to Cabin 13. Check out their selection of horror-themed props, pins, busts, collectibles, and more. Be sure to check Cabin 13 out on Facebook and Instagram. Get your ass over to Cabin 13 and buy something now. And we are back to the Gormar Podcast. So, today's movie is 1987's Hellraiser, directed by Clive Barker, written by Clive Barker, originally called The Hellbound Heart. Produced by Christopher Figg, uh, starring Andrew Robinson as Larry Cotton, Claire Higgins as Julia Cotton, Ashley Lawrence as Kirsty Cotton, Sean Camp Chapman as Frank Cotton, rest in peace, Beth Chapman, uh, Robert Hines as Steve, Doug Bradley as Pinhead, a.k.a. Lead Cenobite, a.k.a. the guy with the pins in his head, uh, Nicholas Vince as Chatter. Hell Priest. Huh? 
You forgot Hell Priest, dude. Hell Priest. Wasn't that one of his names, too? Oh, okay. That's his, that's his original name. Syme Bamford as Butterball. Uh, Grace Kirby as female Cenobite. That's Vagina Neck, right? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Oliver Smith as Skinless so Frank. Hot. Frank the Monster. <laughs> Music by Christopher Young. Cinematography by Robin Vidigan, right? Yeah. Vigen? I don't know. Edited by Richard Martin and Tony Randell, distributed by New World Pictures, released September 10th, 1987, a runtime of 93 minutes, budget of 1 million, grossed 14 million, and here's the motherfucking trailer. I have seen the future of horror. His name is Clive Barker. What an iconic movie. Uh, so, Chad, plot rundown, please. I would be delighted. When journeyman Frank, played by Sean Chapman, purchases a mysterious Chinese puzzle box while visiting an exotic country, he returns home to England and unwillingly unlocks a door to hell. Dragged into a frightening dimension whose evil inhabitants, known as Cenobites, test his appetite for pleasure and tolerance for pain, literally tearing him apart in the cro- process. When Kirsty Cotton, her father Larry, and stepmother Julia move into Larry's childhood home, which that's sort of incorrect. Kirsty didn't live there. Kirsty and her boyfriend take take a room nearby. Okay. Unfortunately for all involved, Larry's house is already occupied. Before the family's arrival, Larry's disreputable brother Frank used the supernatural puzzle box to summon a gang of other dimensional demon sadists. Escaping his sadomasochistic hell, Frank's bege- Frank begins an insidious resurrection that will not only draw the life and soul of everyone around him, but open a portal for Pinhead and his infernal Cenobites to wreak bloody havoc on an unsuspecting world. Fuck yeah. Uh, <laughs> what a great movie. Uh, I own the Arrow Video Scarlet Box release, the trilogy uh, with alternate art for each film. It's region B locked. So I'm going to send it to somebody who actually could use it and probably just get a different set. Mm, hang on to it. Okay. It, it, I think it'd be better off just to get a region-free player down the road. Okay. No sense getting rid of something that you tried so hard to get. It's true. I did get it from another country. <laughs> That's a good uh, way of looking at it. Speaking of Blu-rays, I do have a region-free Jason Goes to Hell Blu-ray coming, which is pretty rare, to my knowledge. Is it the unrated cut? I think. Nice. Uh, 
also got a Just Before Dawn Code Red Blu-ray release, which is ultra rare. Uh, I know our sports writer, Brandon, is going to be a little jealous of that because he's been looking for one of those forever. And I picked it up on a deal and a half. They go for like 75 bucks. Where'd you find it? eBay. Got a, got a seller work down, so. <laughs> I ain't buying nothing full price. Uh, but yeah, this film, back to Hellraiser. Excellent, excellent film. Uh, the book's even better. Uh, I love the Frank character. Really, really creepy. This, the whole, her bringing people to, for him to feed on and become more human is just like crazy to me. It's terrifying, honestly. And then the effects and the chains ripping the skin and the Cenobites is, oh, the whole feeling of the film has you uncomfortable. And the, the amount of gore is just crazy, fucking crazy. Like him, they putting him his face back together at the beginning. It's mm -hmm. just like, what? It's like balls to the wall. Like it takes his nutsack out, puts it right on your forehead <laughs> and like doesn't let up. <laughs> what do you think, uh, Chad? Dude, this movie is an absolute fucking classic. I've loved it the first time I saw it. I remember it. Uh, I think I was in living in Texas when it came out. My cousin Frank tried to get me to watch it. I'm like, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it because I was 11 years old. And uh, shortly after the second one, I sat and watched them both. I'm like, why did I wait to watch these? Yeah. Yeah, those, these just grab you by the ears and face fuck you. They're all, they're that good. Ooh. Everything. I mean, it's, it's this. It's shot so brilliantly. Clive Barker did an amazing job. I'm not sure if I like this or the book better. Okay. And I, I haven't read the book since high school. But if I remember correctly, in the book, Pinhead was a female, or at least it was heavily implied that Pinhead was we, a female. Would, fe would female Pinhead have big or little titties? Well, it was said that it, it was kind of left that she was a little bit androgynous, so I'd say probably little titties. Uh, okay, continue. Right. <laughs> and just the, the heavy sexual undertones and even the flat-out sexuality in certain scenes itself yes. really, really speaks a lot. Like the whole scene of Frank banging Julia on her fucking wedding dress. <laughs> Like, how wrong is that? And you kind of get the impression throughout the whole movie that her and Larry's marriage is on the rocks the whole time. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, she. I don't understand why the hell she had this thing for Frank when he practically raped her to begin with. Right. Fuck him. Fuck Frank. Like, it's like it's some kind of weird Stockholm syndrome, I guess. Yeah. But, everything, <laughs> you know, the, the character designs, the makeup effects, everything was just perfect. I've always said that this was the last original horror movie. Hellraiser three is pretty good. You you give that some you give that a credit. Hellraiser three is great, but it's not original. It's That's a sequel. True. I'm talking last original fantastic idea that Hollywood's come up with, and this was it. What year did Child's Play come out? Eighty seven. Eighty eight, I think. I think it was the year after. You don't like Child's Play? You don't think that's original? It's not original. You son of a bitch. Killer dolls. That's not original. Uh, okay, it's right. not original. It was great. Uh, was what the hell? It was uh, there was a female one, a little brunette that early 80s i think they did that shit dolly dearest how yeah, do you, you know go. that because i just saw something about it a couple days ago on facebook or something i don't remember oh but yes i'm i'm i know shit dude you know this it's true i researched this is why we do things. this shit man I, you know this crap <laughs> uh what else what else what else uh i don't know johnny <laughs> yeah well you go johnny all right I'm going to be the odd man out on this one, but I fucking hate it. And <laughs> listen, like everything in life, I feel that even if you don't like something, you should always try to look for the good in it. 
something that you do enjoy. So what I'm going to do is that nice little thing we call a compliment sandwich. I'm going to give it something nice. <laughs> I'm going to shit on it a little fucking bit. And then I'm going to give it something nice again. I like that. So Kind of cute. The, the gore over the top. Loved it. That was the only thing that kind of kept me going with it. Okay. For the middle of it. I could give a flying fuck about some infidelity story. Like, <laughs> to break it down, dude, this... <sighs> If I had to write Hellraiser as one quick sentence, it was how far a woman would go for really good dick. <laughs> did you come up with, wait, mean, wait, did you come up with that yourself? I thought about it this morning. Okay. I was because, like, because there is a funny thing about that. In my notes, I found this. Let me find the right uh, thing. Da, da, da. Okay, so th this ties into what you're saying before we before you continue. Okay, it was originally titled Hellbound Heart after the book. The studio thought it sounded too much like a romance movie, so Clive suggested sadomasochists from beyond the grave. They didn't like that either, so he opened the floor to the whole production crew for uh, suggestions. And a 60-year-old crew woman offered up the title What a Woman Will Do for a Good Fuck. I kid you not. Ah, I that's kid you not. fucking hilarious. Right? I kid you not. I found that on. Bro, if they titled that shit, I probably would have loved the movie 100%. I'd be like, all right, you're telling me what I'm about to fucking watch. That is, that is this so is fucking funny. dope. That is I didn't so watch funny. anybody fucking raising like the fucking depths of hell to the earth. No, it was about some woman who was like, man, that dick was so fucking awesome. I don't mind offing a few dudes for that shit again. Like, no. <laughs> But how great is that's that, fucking that's, hilarious, that's, that's dude. Great. I'm so happy you had that in there. <laughs> but anyhow, please continue. Oh, that's great. <laughs> no, so I mean, like, and that's my thing, dude. Like, I don't know. And I know that, you know, they have stupid romances and horror movies and all that other shit. But it's just like, bros, I'm going to be fucking honest, man. I tried watching this thing four times since we've done the episode of The Fly. I've fallen asleep three different times and I've watched it at different times of the day. So I'm like, what the fuck, dude? So I downed a bunch of fucking Red Bull and I'm like, I'm fucking watching this <laughs> what goddamn the thing. Fuck? I fucking, I fucking putted through it, dude. And even at the end, I'm just fucking like nodding myself off in total dad mode. And I'm like, no, <laughs> stop it. Just fucking watch the goddamn movie. Wow. But I, I don't know, man. It just didn't fucking do it for me. But I will say, as to compliment it again, it, I mean, I already complimented the gore and everything like that. <laughs> I do like the original idea that, like, Chad spoke of, like, <clears throat> the Cenobites, you know, you, you've never really seen something like that. Like, they're cool. I wish you got more of them. Maybe if you watch the series a little bit more, maybe it gets a little better for that aspect of it. I've it, never it seen them, so I don't know. It does. Um... I mean, I did watch the trailers for number two and three, and they definitely look a little bit more like heavy on it, which might be fucking awesome in my opinion. Um, but I mean, like, dude, the, oh, my God, my favorite part, hands down, had to be that transformation scene when he first started coming back. Oh, yeah. That, that's when, my favorite uh, part of the movie. When Larry's blood dropped on the floor there. Yeah. Like, oh, that shit. I love that. Like, I could watch something like that all fucking day man i just i miss it like you don't really see shit like that anymore and you know that's just pure fucking eight and this was what late 80s too which like kind of late 80s was a little bit of a lull when it comes to real 
horror. I mean, you're all talking fucking sequels after sequels and shit like that. Not that we don't love them, but Chud. It's uh, love Bud the Chud. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you all right? Sidebar on that. Uh, <laughs> there we go. There was a dude who. Hey, man, you're the one who brought it up. There was a dude who fucking uh, worked in that movie. His name was Carrie Adele, and he happy, he actually happened to be my boss at this fucking pizza shop here in little fucking dirty Baron Auburn, New York. And uh, when I was in my younger 20s, dude, and this dude like did some random fucking acting, but he was in Chud and then he was in fucking the lost world. He was the scared dad when uh, the dog was getting eaten and the kid was like waking him up and they were bitching. Uh-huh. And uh, he was on the Amanda show too, or something like that. But it's funny you brought up Chud because like, I remember he told me he was in that. I'm like, I need to see this movie. And I watched it. I'm like, oh, my God, that movie was fucking true. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't have Daniel Stern in it, dude, I don't know if I could have made it through it. But huh. anyways, back to Hellraiser. Fuck that movie. <laughs> um, but no, man, like it, you like Chad said, man, it was a, it was an original concept. I really liked the idea of it. And maybe later in the films, like especially like I. Didn't they just reboot one? It, not reboot it or just make a new one? Yeah, the they, last, made, like, they made a new years? one, but I, I haven't seen it. We don't watch the newer Hellraiser movies. No? no. I mean, I watched the trailer, dude, and it like it looked pretty intense. The newer Hellraiser movies like was... are movies and then the Cenobites thrown in. Yeah, they are. They're, okay. not, they're not Hellraiser they, movies. They, what they did, they buy the, these different but, scripts for different things, and they just threw a Cenobite yeah, in. Like I, all in all, it wasn't all, right. all in all, though, this movie wasn't really my bag. Like I said, I, I got to go kind of opposite stream with you guys. There's things I really did like about it, and I'll gladly note on that. But the franchise overall, falls off after eh. part four. It does. I mean, there is another movie with Kirstie in it. I can't remember if it's the fifth or sixth six. one. Was it the sixth one? Six. She comes back. But she's even barely in it, I think. Yeah. But yeah, do six. God damn. There's a oh, lot. There's, there's like nine of them. Do, but do, <laughs> your, do yourself a favor. Definitely watch two through four and then quit. What's that? I have been, that dead one. Oh, sorry. Go uh, ahead. Hellraiser. Deader. Deader. I, I heard that one's decent. I haven't seen it. Because <clears throat> they went into like space and shit, too, didn't they? Yes. But only Jason can go to space and do it right. Uh, That's not true. Leprechaun did it in space, didn't he? Yeah. He did it in space first. Oh, Chad, I would would say if what you're looking for is more Cenobites, definitely watch the second one. I love the second one. Speaking of Cenobites, we got Doug Bradley's autograph in the Gormore HQ up here on the left. Uh, And it says your suffering will be legendary Mm -hmm. even in hell. Uh, The second one, (laughs) Kirsty goes to hell to find her dad. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah, it's okay. It's it's really, really good. I mean, I. I'm not saying I want to check it out, dude, because like I said, if it gets more extreme on that end of it, I'm like, oh, okay. Hellraiser 3 is even just... crazier. Uh, take it to the streets. <laughs> Hell on earth. <laughs> yeah. it, is, it is good. I don't know. Like I said, though, it was, it was just it was just it was the romance part. Like I could give a flying fuck about any goddamn romance thing and I don't give a shit how macabre you try to make it and all that other shit, dude. It's still that at its core. And that's why I said it's. It's literally just it's a story about how far a woman is really willing to go for some really good dick. (laughs) Frank's got that lit dick. Uh, (laughs) But did did she do 
did she do it out of love or did was it more lust. out of fear? It's well, lust. Or was it out of fear? Bro, she, she was really first of all, to help him. look at the stack of photos that he had of just women, dude. Like he was fucking slinging D and slinging it fucking easy. He came in and he was all wet in the rain and she was already fucking wet in her panties, dude. It was like, <laughs> it was on. She was already biting her lip. And then when he did the fucking little like jackknife cutter thing, dude, it was just full on sploosh. Fuck on the wedding dress, which is that was it. I was I was laughing at like how I was just like, oh my fucking god, dude! Like that was. I'll give him a hand clap for that one because that was pretty unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, Chad, notes. House is fucking blowing up, guys. I'm sure you see it too. But holy yes. shit, our fans are love to talk to each other. Yes, they do. Uh, Chad notes. Give it to me, baby. Okay, during a post-production <laughs> party, uh, Doug Bradley was dismayed to be ignored by other members of the crew. He didn't realize that none of them had seen him out of the makeup and didn't even recognize him. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so I already went over the whole what a woman would, <laughs> what a woman would do for a good fuck bit. Uh, yeah. I can't believe you actually yeah. said that. That's why I asked if you made that up, because that's that's just too funny. Well, it was when I was doing my notes, man, you know, like I was kind of just sitting in my car and I was like filling in a few of the like, you know, my favorite kills and shit. And I was like, I, that was just something that popped in my head. And I'm like, I have to write this down, dude, because it's too fucking funny because like, <laughs> I was dying laughing my own <laughs> just by myself thinking of it. And I was like, but it is but it's true, though. I mean, it's not, you know, if you had to write it in a one sentence fucking like, there, there you go. We have a new clip but, for the from the new Scream uh, movie. It's not a movie. It's a TV show. Oh, TV show. Yes, it's season four of the TV show. Oh, and it has the original ghost face mask? It has the original ghost face mask and it has the original ghost face voice returning. Oh, cool. Spe- really. Speaking of voice. It's only no, a like, new it humanized <laughs> face one right now. Like, I've never watched it, so. Yeah, it's they're back to the original screen mask. Uh, go ahead, TJ. Uh, I can't talk about voice stuff right now, but probably at some point this week I will be able to. You, you, you boys know what I'm talking about. I know. Uh, mm-hmm. soon enough, guys, you'll, you'll know, uh, something really cool is going on behind the scenes. So anyway, are we off our sidebar? I believe so. Okay. Okay. The Chatterer and Butterball Cenobites originally had dialogue in the original script, but their makeup made, uh, made coherent speech impossible. So their lines were actually given to, uh, the female and most of them were given to Pinhead, which okay. worked out for the better. Uh, Doug Bradley was offered the role of either the lead Cenobite or one of the mattress movers. <laughs> now, he thought it would be more important that people saw his face since he was new to acting. He wanted to get his face out there, so he almost didn't take the part of Pinhead. He almost became a mattress mover instead. No shit. No shit. Ah, so, the question is, would the movie have been as good without him as Pinhead? Probably not. It's it would not a- have, I don't think it would have launched the whole franchise. Okay. And, you know, I also want to add, it's actually kind of funny that we're uh, we're talking about Hellraiser because they just announced last week that they're trying to get a uh, Hellraiser TV series off the ground. Yes, uh, that, there's an article written about it that I haven't published yet for DoBackDiscussion.net. Perfect. <laughs> I, I would say try and get that on as soon as this episode. Yes, we'll drop it in tandem. That'd be perfect. Um, the lead Cenobite was originally named Priest in the script, then He's just key. lead Cenobite. Pinhead's a nickname that the cast and crew stuck gave him and it stuck and of course Clive Barker hates it uh, so he used the name Priest in his Hellraiser comic series by Boom Studios Boom 
which if anybody hasn't had a chance, definitely find it and read it. It's really good. You're really good. Kirsty Cotton uh, <laughs> becomes the female pinhead. Oh, OK, sweet. It's really cool. But uh, she's more kind. And he does eventually come back and replace her. Oh, OK. Uh, Nintendo was developing a video game based on it, but it was never released. But I, I was doing research on it. And there's a possibility that that was just a rumor made by the company that was trying to make it in the first place. Oh, OK. Like, it, it would have been insane the way what they had. They planned that they were going to do. It was going to be this super cartridge that had its own RAM and its own programming. And there would have had to been to add on to plug into the expansion port in the bottom of the NES just to support the graphics and everything. It would have been insanely expensive. Like you would have been spending more on this game than you would have been playing the paying for the NES itself. Oh, shit. OK, so they filmed this in an actual house. And it forced them to be more creative with the cinematography. Uh, there was often only room for one camera at a time, and that's why a lot of the shots were single-angle shots, and it was mostly vertical movement that they could use, so a lot of them were overhead and zoom shots. That's why it has that kind of low-budget feel. And there's one room, the attic, that was shot on a soundstage, but they only used that for special effects work. Okay. So what you see is an actual house. It's not a soundstage. Okay. Because of the low-budget. Um... This, when Clive Barker showed the film to his mother for the first time, she wept tears of joy on seeing his name in the opening credits. He then leaned over and whispered in her ear, that's the happiest you'll be for the next two hours. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. That's great. That's, that's classic. Um, okay, now it says it's originally supposed to be set in England, but mm -hmm. New World Pictures thought that it, sh it would sell better if it was set in America. So a lot of the actors lines were dubbed over by American people. Um, Frank ah. was one of them, and uh, Kirsty's boyfriend was the other. Fuck him. <laughs> uh, she, she did. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah, I always thought Frank's voice didn't really seem to match him, and that's why. Because it wasn't his, the actor's voice. Yeah. So, uh, Doug Bradley had trouble hitting his marks on set because he couldn't see through the contact lenses, and he was afraid of tripping over his skirts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It took six hours to apply the pinhead makeup. Now, because of his eventual skill at applying and removing his own makeup, Doug Bradley has been credited in later films as an assistant makeup artist. Oh, shit. Yeah. So he actually learned That's some awesome. things. He learned a lot while he's doing that. Um, now, you mentioned the opening about putting Frank's face together. Here's a little bit about that. The original opening had their butterball centibite assembling, reassembling Frank's face. They used actual eyes, a tongue, and different pieces of flesh they got from a butcher shop. Now, it was later decided that since Pinhead should be the focus of the film, they changed it, and Clive didn't like the uh, actual pieces they used anyway, so they replaced it with prosthetics. So the shot we see is, of course, Pinhead, which you can tell. Now, the actor that played the Butterball Cenobite for years thought that they still used his footage, so he was telling people at conventions and anyone that knew him that that was him. And it wasn't until they did a um, documentary after the year 2000 that he found out that that was not him. That was actually Doug Bradley. Wow. Huh. Did he never watch the fucking movie after that? Like, what? I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, I know the girl that uh, Claire Hagen's the one that plays Julia didn't see the movie because she hates horror movies. <laughs> yeah, but you wouldn't even like go to the premiere of your own fucking movie to watch it. Like that they just said, seems... they said she left 10 minutes in because she just couldn't stand all the gore. 
Uh, but apparently right. she didn't hate it too much because she was back for the sequel. Yeah. If you make money. Oh, yeah. Money talks. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> yep. That's why we're getting a Halloween to the third se- uh, third sequel. Here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> and that's another thing I want to bring up is that I watched the new Halloween on the trip back from vacation. I just wasn't that big of a fan. Don't blame you. It's a little meh, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's just, very meh. It doesn't really very hit it right. Like, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I know. It, I, I agree. It was... As a horror movie, it was okay. But as a Halloween sequel, it just completely fell flat. And like I, like I said in our chat, guys, it just doesn't make any sense for them to ignore the previous movies just to have Laurie Strode back when H2O did it better. Oh, so much better. I you mean, know, H, one might say you H2O know what is the exactly perfect movie. What is, dude? I mean, if you ignore the mask issues, H2O is the perfect movie, but that's just my opinion. Go ahead, John. <laughs> no, no. You know exactly what it is, dude? It's Carpenter because, Car- listen, I love Carpenter as a director, but if you guys, just like myself, have ever seen him in like any kind of interviews or anything like that, that dude just seems like a full-on dick. And I feel like this was almost just kind of like done out of a spite move. Like, you know what? No, fuck all those other pieces of shit because I never even wanted to do that crap. So he's doing this. And then that's why he did like such an abrupt change just to make it like his own again. So like, I kind of get it, but I don't know, man. It just, it was definitely, it it was okay, but it was meh. Yeah, it was very very meh. I'm not going to rush out and buy the Blu-ray at any point. No, I don't even have it. No. <laughs> I'll watch. I'll watch the theatrical cut of Halloween Six before I watch this again. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> That's when you know shit's bad. Uh, I don't understand the. That's love a rainy this. Saturday right there. Yeah, I don't understand why Saturday. this movie gets such so much love. I don't. Halloween 2018. I didn't get it. First of all, let's just start with the obvious fucking. Don't call it Halloween. Give it, give it a fucking subtitle or like, you know, a surtitle, something. Give it anything. Like, unless you're actually just straight up calling it Halloween 2018. Like, yeah. if that's what we're just calling it, then okay. But what the fuck are you going to call the sequel? You're really going to call it Halloween 2? Like, no, that's going to be literally the third Halloween 2. It's right. fucking retarded. And it's not, it can't, you can't call it Halloween 2 because this is technically Halloween 2 as it's a sequel to the original Halloween. You'd have to call it Halloween 3. Exactly. <laughs> They're going to call it Halloween 2 the third. I'm oh. telling you, man, it's going to be that. Halloween 2.2. <laughs> <2. laughs> <laughs> okay, now, see, okay, getting back to Hellraiser. Uh, the female Cenobite, her look was inspired by scarification and body piercing uh, from National Geographic magazines. Uh, her makeup took three hours to apply, uh, caused her a lot of discomfort, and prevented the actress, Grace Kirby, from being able to sit. She refused to return for the sequel, so she was replaced by an actress called Barbie Wilde, Okay. And she actually had a lot of background in mind, so her performance was a lot better. Okay. Uh, Clive drew inspiration for the Cenobites from different punk fashions, Catholicism, and S&M clubs. Big surprise. <laughs> uh, Pinhead specifically was inspired by African fetish sculptures. Ooh. And Clive Barker initially intended Pinhead to have a navel piercing, also implying that he had genital piercings. Nice. It's hot. Right? That's hot, he says. That goes back to the S&M clubs. Clive, Clive, you sly devil. Lance Henriksen. What what do they call that? The Prince Albert or whatever? Prince Albert, yeah. They call it the the Prince Barker. Uh, Yeah. Unless you got the full ladder, dude. Just the fucking... The Jacob's ladder. (laughs) 
Okay, keep going. Uh, Lance Henriksen was offered the role of Frank, but he turned it down because he was afraid if the movie was successful. Fuck you, Lance! He, he didn't want to come back and do sequels. That's why he didn't uh, do it. Oh, what a dick. But he was in one of the sequels. Was he? I think Deader. Oh, okay. But yeah, he was in one of the sequels eventually. Uh, Nicholas Vince, who played the Chatterer, uh, lived close to Clive Barker. Clive Barker was a fan of his, so he suggested they work together. Uh, the Chatterer look was a uh, one-piece mask that made him completely blind. He couldn't even see out of it. They used a fake set of chattering teeth that fitted over his, and they were triggered when he bit down. Uh, and now because of that, he had difficulty eating, and there was a lot of drooling, so they were redesigned to be removable. Then they changed his look for the sequel so that he actually had eyes so he could see. <laughs> and the unnamed... I bet he appreciated that shit. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And the unnamed creature that you see chasing Kirsty through the, the tunnel, it's actually called the Engineer. They named that in the novel. Okay. And chasing her in the tunnel. Was that after she figured out the box? Yeah, and it had, and it was like, it had like a head down near where a person's crotch would be. That really, really. Oh, happened. okay. Nice. <laughs> okay. Uh, and there was, there was a lot of different scenes that were cut by the MPAA. Like, uh, there apparently was more S&M between Frank and Julia. They didn't like that, so they cut that. But they allowed the switchblade scene. Ooh. Yeah, different different little cuts that he had to make to make it more marketable, I guess, according to the MPAA. Bunch of dickbags those were. But, uh, yeah, that's, 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 that's the notes that I got. Okay. Uh, moving on to uh, Johnny's question. What the fuck is your question? Alrighty, so got a couple different ones. Uh, we'll start with an easy one, well, maybe not an easy one, but so during the montage of like when he was kind of regrowing and she was killing people and shit, mm-hmm. there was a moment where she was specifically uh, scheming on the couch. Is there any reason that she was completely ripping off David Bowie's look at that moment? <laughs> uh. She had the full fucking like glazed over like half the face. I was just like, oh, my God, dude, she looks like fucking David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> Even the haircut. But uh, my question would be is. How did, how did uh, Frank even find out about the box? I don't like, was it just like he was so deep that, you know, like he just heard rumors or. I think that's probably was that just like a random fucking find by that dude. Well, if if you see if if you do a little more watching the movies, basically the box kind of seeks you out. Yeah, the Lombard. Okay, that's why whenever that's why whenever he buys um, the box and pays for it, the guy says, "Take it, it's yours." It always was. The box. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It 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 kind of knows. Oh, take it, it's yours. Yeah. <laughs> so it's your you, pleasure, sir. Okay. Well, that also kind of leads into my other question is uh so that dude who wh- where was that? Was that India? Asia? Uh, either way. Don't matter. Uh was that dude also a demon like that fucking weird homeless guy at the end? I think so. It's never like, it's, it's never they are minions of hell. I don't know if they are demons. I don't know if they're just under the oh, Okay, so it's just Yeah, it's it's just kind of left open. 
That's true because they're not really demons in this. They're Cenobites, so you don't really. It's a whole different genre of it, I guess. Uh, douche of the movie, Julia. Fuck you, Julia. She was the douche of the movie. Always is that the douche of the movie. <laughs> this is the first time that I'm picking a female as douche of the movie. Okay, it is. Uh, Johnny. Well, you know, I have to get. I have to agree with Chad that she does seem like she takes the cake. Like you could go with Frank as the obvious, just because you know, dude, he's. He fucks over his brother. He's fucking his brother's wife. He's clearly trying to fuck his uh, niece as well, or already potentially did some fucking weird shit. (laughs) So, I mean, like you could go with him, but at the same time, man, like, you know, she'll, she's still cheated on her husband at the same time. And she's killing fucking dudes for this other guy. Like she was just a bitch to everyone around her. Yeah. And that's the other thing, dude. Like, so maybe that I think that's one reason why I personally didn't get into the movie is because her character was so unlikable that I couldn't even imagine that dude still being married to her. Like, I'm like, no, why would you put up with that, man? She just seems fucking super cold and distant. Like that dinner party was just super awkward. Like he had, to, you know, he already kind of knew some shit was going on, obviously. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she gets up and excuses her. and She doesn't even say goodnight or anything to her own husband. She just looks at him. It's just such a no, bitch. She, dude, she kisses two other random fucking dudes. Okay, but and then that, she just kind of gives him a fucking look and is like, all right, see you, peace out. And it's like, no, man, that's fucking huge red flag right there. <laughs> that, that is a very European thing. That's how they are. She's British. But yeah, she didn't even say anything to her husband. She just gives him a look and walks away. He almost cuts his hand but, off, for God's sake, and she doesn't even give him any sympathy. Doesn't give a fuck. No, she doesn't. No, she's, she seemed a little sympathetic during that. Like, not not to where it was like uh, uh, she was really, really caring, but it was like she kind of broke out of that fucking super bitch mode for like a second. A second, he says. <laughs> Just that second. one moment, and that was about it. Yeah, but he was being kind of a big baby about seeing blood, too, so... Yeah, he's a little yeah. Pussy. He was. He's like, oh god, I'm gonna pass out. <laughs> fucking candy. Maybe he's just one of those dudes, man. He just sees a little bit of blood, and he just instantly ah fucking faints. <laughs> what a puss. Uh, so on to our questions. Favorite kill. Uh, that's a thing. Uh, Chad, go with yours. Uh, my favorite kill is gonna be the very end. When Frank is wearing Larry's skin. Okay. And all those hooks are pulling him apart. And he just looks at Kirsty and says, Jesus wept. And he just explodes. Jesus wept. Which, by the way, the original line was, fuck you. Oh, And uh, the guy, (laughs) the actor convinced Clive to change it to Jesus wept. And I think it works a lot better that way. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I I, I would have to agree on that. (laughs) Extremely. So yeah, that's my favorite kill is uh, is is Frank's death there, wearing his brother's skin. I kind of like whenever he she gets that one dude, and then you like see Frank grab him. Oh, where he's like half yeah, he's like half melted. Yes, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I'd say that's my favorite. That was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to go myself, dude. Uh, that first victim that she pulled in. The, the one that actually showed like the full long con, man. Yeah. Because when she hit him in that fucking face with the hammer, dude, and you just see his fucking jaw like kind of ripped open a little bit. 
Yeah. But he's still kind of like pleading to her and shit. That was just. Yeah. And why the hell did she use a hammer of all things to murder these guys? This girl's a fucking savage. That's right. Well, because if they walked into a room with and they actually saw a big weapon hanging there, they might be a little suspicious. But you just see a a hammer. You're just like, you know, you might not think of it quite so much. But she could have had like a fucking switchblade in her pocket or something. Yeah, it's true. But a hammer, that's just. I mean, dude, she could have went even crazier with him and did like a whole like tie him up on the bed kind of thing and then like walk away and then let Frank come in and then like do his thing or some shit like that. Like, you know, although I kind of thought it was funny that none of the dudes, I mean, they kind of questioned it, (laughs) but like, yo, man, if you were fucking picking up some bitch at the bar and she brought you up to that fucking room, as soon as she opened the room, you, you really thinking with your dick still at that point? No. Like, let's be honest. I would be out of there. Dude, like, you open that room and there's just some fucking ranshackle, fuck, especially that nice house. And you go to some fucking ranshackle laughing plaster fucking room where you're just like, nah, man. And you can hear, fuck this shit. You can I'm hear out. rats in the walls. <laughs> it probably stinks like that. Yeah, shit. dude. <laughs> just an open room and one solo hammer fucking hanging on the wall. You're just like, nope. Yep. <laughs> I, I'm good. I'm just going to go crank it in the bathroom and I'm going to fucking. I'll be fine. <laughs> I'm going to go crank it in the bathroom. He says, <laughs> you're walking that dingy room. You hear rats. There's a hammer hanging. I'm like, no, I'm good. See you. Yep. Boner gone. No, not a problem. Anymore. <laughs> uh, best scene. I already said that was Frank's resurrection. That was always been my favorite. Okay. Nice use of, uh, the effects work. It was. I like when the Cenobites first appear. I like that. That's a good scene too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny. Uh, you know, as much as I like, I said I kind of crapped on this movie. There's like, uh, there's, there is a couple of good scenes that really stand out to me. One is the resurrection scene, but uh, another one, and it kind of <clears throat> already answers another question. But it is one of my favorite scenes. Is actually the opening scene when he's like first doing the box yeah, and you see, and, and the reason I like it is because I have, you know, I've working on like haunted houses and shit for fucking years. They just had very cheap, but awesome gimmicks of just fucking light shining through pallets and like wood boards and shit like that. Yeah. And that's just great effect. And it's done so cheaply and shit like that. And I don't know, just kind of that aesthetic just brings me right in. So I was, and on top of that, man, anytime you got some hooks ripping fucking flesh, dude, I'm always fucking for oh, I'm going, looking at you, uh, collector. Along with that scene, I thought I always thought the uh, the rotating pillars covered with human body parts were pretty pretty cool looking. Yes, always. Yeah, cool. what the fuck was that shit? By I, the way, I, I didn't really know. get that. I don't know. It just looks really smack cool. dab in Hilltown, baby. <laughs> like all I could think of, I was just like, all right, so you don't want to walk through all these chains, but then you just really don't want to get hit by that fucking thing. Cause it's got some weight to it. Like it is what it is. It's hell. It doesn't need an explanation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's true. All right. Uh, fair enough. Looping it's into British Johnny's. Show. Did the opening scene hook you in? Absolutely. Oh yeah, definitely. Yep. Best Already tits, hottest girl. Uh, vagina neck for sure. Uh, <laughs> The only tits we saw were Julia's. It's kind of oh wait no no there was one wrong pictures in one of, in one of Frank's pictures. Yes, uh, we'll yep. say that one girl in Frank's pictures has the nicest tits. Yes. <laughs> because you because you both you see them both. That's actually what I had written down in my notes. Polaroid shit. <laughs> so that works great. 
Uh, did the score set the mood? Absolutely, frickin' yeah. frankly, lutely. There was actually, there's actually an alternate score done by this band called Coil that uh, Clive Barker wanted them to do it, and the studio decided now we want somebody else to do it. Bastard! Yeah, so that so I, I have it somewhere. <laughs> I, I do have it saved in my hard drive somewhere. I'll have to dig it up for you if you want to listen to it. Okay. Really? Uh, yeah. That, yeah. Dude's got it. Hmm. Uh, best song. Uh, the theme song that like the hell main Hellraiser themes dope. That's all yep. I can say. Yeah. Yeah. That or the scene, the song that plays during Frank's resurrection. Resurrection. It has this weird kind of ballet kind of feel to it. I can see that. I can see that. Uh, favorite character. Pinhead. He has the best lines. Frank. But, but if we're going for my favorite Cenobite as far as look, I've always liked the Chatterer Cenobite. It's, it's creepy as shit. I have, I have the big 18-inch figure of him and Pinhead. Oh, sweet. What about you, Johnny D? Uh, I'm going to have to go with Frank, man. Like, and not necessarily like Monster Frank, but when he was just like Frank in the flashbacks. Yes. Like, he he was just that atypical fucking douche dude. He had that sweet fucking, like, (laughs) sweet hair, came in with a leather jacket and was, uh, had the five o'clock shadow, like, perfect all the time. Like, (laughs) so you're a fan of, and, uh, (laughs) yeah. I'm a fan of what's that? Rapist Frank. Was he a rapist, though? I, I mean, like, dude, she seemed like she kind of like, I just, I don't know, man. I felt like she would kind of want to. Gray area, gray area, gray area. <laughs> that is a gray area. There's a there's a quite a chance they Brock Turner. Uh, so. No, I don't think you read no. <laughs> I mean. I mean, dude, I don't know. If, even if he did, she's still the one who's willing to commit murder to get more of that dick. True. So again, that dick fire. It's literally from hell. Yeah, uh, dude. Which is, really seems kind of sad for Larry, man, because you know his brother's fucking throwing game so good. She's even from hell, he's getting. He's, yeah, she's yeah, yeah, right. Like, <laughs> Frank's dead. Getting more tail than Larry. <laughs> that, I actually. I did laugh at that line uh, they said towards the end. I think he was already skinned, but he was saying something like, oh, he's been dead for fucking years or something like that. Yeah. I was like, oh, poor Larry. Just trying to enjoy his boxing matches. Was it scary? (laughs) (laughs) Was it scary? I don't think so. Nay. I enjoyed Uh, it, but I don't think Gory? Yes. Yeah. Scary? Eh. Uh, next question. It's like a notebook with fucking uh, notebook with gore, pretty much. <laughs> no, it's not. You need to chill. <laughs> you need to chill. That's fine, because I've never seen the notebook, so that that's okay. I don't really. <laughs> uh, does it hold up today? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, was he acting good or bad? Good. Yeah. Very, very good. good. Very good. Especially Doug Bradley. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Is there uh is there an original one with where their voices aren't dubbed over that you can actually watch? Not like, that I'm aware of. Hmm. Doug's voice. <laughs> I mean there there might be a bootleg somewhere, but I I haven't even thought there to There might before. be a bootleg somewhere. Uh do you like the cinematography? Absolutely. It it did seem cheap at some times, like because of the that being in a house and whatnot. But more or less, it's pretty fucking great. Uh very dark, 
very gritty, very, very dark. I, I keep going back to the word dark because it just it's, the overall feel, especially the scenes with the Cenobites. It was done tremendously. Yes. Considering what little budget they had, they did an amazing job. The, the limitations of the space that they were provided where they were shooting. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic work. Yeah, dude. Anytime they filmed anything with the chains and shit like that, that was great. Like, I love them always just flying across the screen. Everything looked great with those scenes. Oh, yes. Do you like the premise? Love it. It is a very good premise. Uh, John? The uh, I like the premise of the Cenobites. <laughs> I don't necessarily give a shit about the fucking love story, but dude, yeah, like the whole idea that there's a whole box that can literally just bring the, or open a portal to hell. Like that's fucking awesome. Okay. Uh, rating. I'm going to give this a 4.0 out of 5. I agree. I'll give it a 4. Okay. And Johnny. I'll give it a 3. Hmm. Excellent. That gives it a 3.6 uh, for Goran Moore. Uh, John, I honestly thought that you'd go a little lower. Yeah, me too. So, uh... Well, like I said, man, like... <sighs> There was parts that I really was like, yo, I, I would still I would talk up the parts that I liked about that movie because I really did enjoy them. It was just the other parts. I really just was like, that was the shit that was fucking making me fall asleep. I was like, I don't like I didn't even really give a shit about the daughter. I never really there was no characters I really cared about. In this. I, I, I can see it from your point of view because you went in thinking they were going to the Cenobites are going to be through the whole movie and they're only in the last 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, what, in the beginning? And then, like, when she opens the box, which is kind of essentially like, like you said, the last 20 minutes, because then it's just like, oh, you know, he's got to lead or she's got to lead them to him and blah, blah, blah. But like I said, there was moments that brought me back, man. Like when she started, like, fucking murdering all these random dudes picking up <laughs> at the bars and shit like that. Like, Dude, that first one, man. I don't know. There something about that just because, like, like I said, it was kind of an elongated kill. It wasn't something where it was just like, oh, he's dead. Like he actually got to plead for his life a little bit, and then fucking Frank or little zombie Frank or whatever the hell you want to call it, fucking came out. <laughs> but uh, dude, I I gotta say though, man, I would love to see it, and I'm sure it's been done. I haven't looked it up, but man, like, somebody doing uh, because I think they call it what Frank the Monster, like that version where he's all muscle and shit. I think that would be an awesome cosplay to see. Yes, I've seen Just him, him before. In the white, the white shirt, all bloodied up yeah, and shit. Like I've, I think that would. Yeah, be I've seen that sweet. before. Or in the pictures. I want to see all the but, uh, They should be in costume at Monster Mania. One of them. That, that's why I was kind of asking about the newer ones, though. And I understand, like you know, because a the main guy's not Hellraiser anymore, but. I just figured, like, with the gore effects and everything, they'd only get so much better. You, like, you will maybe not story-wise and shit, but, like, the kill's probably way more over part three. the top. Part three. <laughs> yeah, part, part three. That's part hell on Earth, right? Yeah, yeah part yeah. three was the first real big Hollywood take on it. Yeah. Like, two was still, well, two was still a little bit low budget, but it was really, really good. Yeah. Hellbound's perfect. Okay. Hellbound's perfect. Yes. Hellbound, I think, is better than the first one. Yes. I'll uh, I'll have to put it on the uh, the list at the moment because unfortunately, uh, I this is my last time going to be on internet till about the 11th, so I'm going back pre like about uh 2003 here. I'm gonna have no high speed internet for a good old 10 days. Oh, but uh, once I get it back, yeah, I'll have to start fucking checking that shit out. 
Excellent. Uh, it's on our Shutter account, so you can watch it. Uh, but yeah, that was fun. That was a good. That was a good review. Chad, would you like to talk about our wonderful network and be the little shill today? Oh, as always, the uh, Gore More podcast is part of the Do Back Discussion Network. The Do Back Discussion Network also features other great podcasts such as the Do Back Discussion, Hall of Heroes, Jerk the Curtain. Uh, down the rabbit hole with Mick Strawn. We have um, what's what's um, Wicked. Wicked Wednesdays. Wicked Wednesdays with our new art uh, is our newest one. We have am I forgetting um, Mick's other one, Dream Warrior review. Oh, Mick's Mick's Dream Warrior review. His uh his other new one that he brought over to our podcast, which we're really grateful to have Mick doing two podcasts with us. Yes, the legendary <laughs> Mick Strawn. Mick Strawn. You got to give this guy's hilarious. You guys have got to give it a listen. Uh, our newest episode on Rabbit Hole, definitely not about a giant penis, but probably still is, uh, is definitely a really good episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. Starts off with the giant, the story about the giant penis on Nightmare on Elm Street three set, uh, and that whole effect, and it's it's pretty interesting. And you can find all of our stuff on iTunes. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on the Google Play Store, and you can find our website dobackdiscussion.net where we have other things. We have reviews. We have articles. Go check it out. It's we're we're huge. We're getting big, 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 big (laughs) big numbers. Check it out. Uh, We also have a new YouTube partner. Cube reviews over on YouTube. Excellent videos. uh, Very similar humor to us here. Uh, Fits the whole moniker the come for the voice. Stay for the laughs perfectly. And that's why we brought him on as our official YouTube partner. Uh, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. Q reviews. Also, you can find our T-shirts on tpublic.com. Do back discussion. Most of our podcasts has T-shirts. If they don't, they're probably not popular enough yet <coughs> to, <All of> you. <laughs> to warrant a T-shirt. <laughs> a new Gordmore design will be released soon. It will be a Jason Goes to Hell evil dead theme uh that will be released as in pin hat and t-shirt form for steel city comic-con fuck yeah <laughs> fuck yeah i thought that would be great uh it should say gore and more and the jason goes to hell font i think that's what we're going for uh nice a lot of cool stuff definitely gonna be a unique shirt and logo for sure can't wait to get that all out to you a lot of cool stuff coming up for Gorn Moore. New episode out Friday. New interview out Friday with the legendary. Oh. Ah, ah, oh, oh, ah. No, no, no. no. Wait, 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 wait. I want to stop. No, nope. you don't say nothing. <laughs> I say I say you surprise it. Yes. Well, <laughs> you hear that? You're about to. And we both stopped you. We got your back, brother. Okay. We are good. Thank you, guys. Uh, but that is all for the Gorn Moore podcast. This is your host with the most, TJ Bowser. John Crispin. Off. Saying, check us out in two weeks. Slumber Party Massacre. Yes. Woo! So this is your Dark Lord. And this is Big Johnny D. And this is Big Johnny D saying, see y'all later, Gormore. Drums, please. Here it is, a groove slightly trans.
form Just a bit of a break from the norm Just a little something to break the monotony Of all that hardcore dance that has gotten to be a little bit out of control It's cool to dance, but what about a groove that soothes and moves romance? Give me a soft, subtle mix And if it ain't broke, then don't try to fix it And think of the summers of the past Adjust the bass and let the alpine blast Pop in my CD and let me run around And put your car on cruise and lay back Cause it's summertime And checking out the fellas to tell them who's best Riding around in your Jeep or your Benzos Or in your Nissan sitting on Lorenzo's Back in Philly we be out in the park A place called the Plateau is where everybody go Guys out hunting and girls doing likewise Honking at the honey in front of you with the light eyes She turn around to see what you beeping at It's like the summer's a natural aphrodisiac And with a pen and pad I compose this rhyme To hit you and to get you equipped for the summertime Definition of summer madness. 